You're listening to Confidence on the Go, your go-to podcast for motivation, inspiration, and confidence to help you boldly and bravely take action in your pursuit of living life to the fullest. I'm your host, confidence coach and personal trainer, Trish Blackwell, and it's my absolute honor and pleasure to spend some time with you each week to celebrate this beautiful thing called life. Hey guys, it is Trish Blackwell and you are listening to Confidence on the Go, episode number 153. What we're talking about today is how to stop taking yourself, well, so seriously. Um, this title, this episode is entitled Laughing with Yourself, um, with the subtitle of being Let's Stop Taking Ourselves So Seriously. Now it's fair for me to tell you that I am the type of person who has always taken things really seriously. You know, I was a driven student, a driven athlete, a driven, well, everything. That's sort of, I feel like it's wired into my type A um, personality and, and my upbringing and the type of schooling I received. And so everything was serious. But, you know, I, looking retrospectively, I've learned that I don't have to be that way. And so I want to share with you some of the insights um, that I've been really kind of digging through myself over the last couple of years of what would happen if I, if I realized that everything isn't that serious? You know, how, how can I still pursue being the best version of me, doing my absolute best at doing at whatever I do, but then letting go when I, when it doesn't measure up to certain standards or when I can't stop obsessing about it? How do I, how do I know when to, well, let go? And that's, that's what letting yourself to realize that, that life is not that serious. Um, and it, it, it's something that we can celebrate, something that we can engage in, something that we can enjoy. For me, I know that when I take life too seriously, I mean, everything is serious. Like, it's just like, it's sort of like you start going from thriving mode, at least for me. I stop thriving and I go to surviving. I start focusing on every single detail. It's everything I do is a to-do list, an accomplishment, a thing to get done. And it's sort of like you just keep pushing through the day. That's what happens to me when I take myself seriously. So that's what I, I'm talking about. Really, this this shift in in, in approach of, of kind of how you even think about life is 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 a shift in in you realizing that I don't want to stop just th- surviving getting through pushing on chasing that next achievement accomplishment goal whatever and instead I want to thrive I want to realize that the best gift and resource we've ever been given is the present moment today like, that's a gift I don't want to squander that but in order for me not to squander that, I've got to let go of some of the expectations that I've sort of taken on like backpacks. Like they're not coming from anyone else. They, they are things I've picked up and thrown onto my back over years of just walking through life and through different, you know, goal setting and strategizing and trying to live up to, well, people's standards. So um, that's the inside of why I wanted to talk about it today. But in this week's episode, here's what you're going to get from me. You're going to, we're going to talk about how laughter really for me was a significant factor in being able to overcome my eating disorder um, and how it freed me from um, th- that kind of imprisoned thinking and insecurity and perfectionism that I, that I, I, I used to really well be paralyzed by. Um, I'm going to give you four ways that you can stop taking yourself so seriously so that you can engage more in the sweetness 
of laughter in your life, that that is what life is all about. And then we're going to talk about the distinction between laughing at yourself versus laughing with yourself. So I'm really excited to share that with you. Just a quick hello to all of my Keep the Faith listeners out there. Thank you for being a part of this community of contagious encouragement. And a sponsorship note, um, really, really proud to be partnered with Beauty Counter. You guys have heard me talk about them before. Really want to share with you something exciting. We just as a company, it's a startup company that, I, that I'm um, actively part of and um, th- just turned three just this past week. And y'all, in one 24-hour period, we rallied people's voices, clients, consultants, customers, or just people who believe in the Beauty Counter mission of getting safer products into the hands of everyone. We sent over 15 1,500 emails to Congress demanding that regulation, uh, that, that there would be a, hold a hearing for regulation of change in, in the, in, well, what, rulings of what's allowed in our cosmetic and personal care products and what isn't. If you don't know this, I, I need to share this one stat with you and then we'll, we'll move on. But in the European Union, there are over 1,400 chemicals that are considered toxic and harmful to the humans, that they are scientifically proven to be detrimental to our health, causing cancer, causing endocrine disruption, fertility issues, and a laundry list of other things. Of those 1,400 banned chemicals in Europe, they're banned in Europe. They're not allowed to be in products. In the United States, there are only 11 that are banned. So typically you know, a company is about making money. So they're going to get the cheapest um, formulas and chemicals that they can. And unfortunately, it's the detriment of our health. And it's not okay that the American public doesn't know it. It's not okay that we're putting harmful things into our bodies. And that is why I'm passionate about Beauty Counter. It's not okay that there are safer products in Europe and that we are um, throwing chemicals onto ourselves all the time that are toxic chemicals are everywhere we gotta i mean that's to be said but but i want safer products and i want safer products for everyone and that is why this podcast is sponsored proudly by beauty counter you can find out more about the mission or more about products for yourself at beautycounter.com forward slash trish blackwell before we dive into the content, I know you've probably seen this on my Instagram, on my Facebook. I'm so stoked. My newest book, Insecurity Detox, a breakout plan to rejuvenate your body, mind, and spirit is on its way, y'all. It is really, it's, well, it's releasing and launching April 12th, but I'm taking pre-orders now. The book is 30 detoxes that will cleanse you of self-doubt and infuse you with confidence. If you haven't yet ordered your copy, please do. Pre-ordering is basically your it's your vote. It's your vote to tell my publisher, we like this girl. We're excited to read her material and we want her to keep writing. So um, if you want to give me that personal high five plug and make sure that you get a copy um, that on day that it launches. And sometimes if you pre-order, you might even get it before um, it is officially released to the public. So just go to insecuritydetox.com and, or Amazon, and you're going to see all the options to pre-order. Here's what's awesome, y'all. I want to thank you with, for your enthusiasm and your support of, of, of my this coming book. And because of that, I have got, uh, created a, um, it's a download, a coaching session for you. It's called the Confidence Power Hour. And you get that for free when you, buy, when you pre-order the book. So when you buy the book, you just either need to shoot me an email or go to insecuritydetox.com and you'll enter in your order confirmation number from your purchase. I will then email you 
your download and it comes with some bonus downloadable affirmations that I put together for you as well. So I'm really, really stoked. Again, insecuritydetox.com. You guys, this is just, it's, I'm excited. So with that being said, let's dive into this concept of laughing with life more. So let me start by, I promise to tell you how I really attribute laughter to being one of the things that saved me from this toxic and destructive mindset of um, body dysmorphia, uh, binge eating, anorexia, bulimia, and compulsive exercise. I mean, you name it, I did it. I had it. I had a lot of problems for a lot of years. And I was really, um, I was actually secretly depressed, y'all. On the outside, I was the all-American girl who seemed like she had her life together. And everyone, I mean, would have, they were just, they were clueless. If everyone, anyone knew how devastatingly just sad I was and overwhelmed and insecure. I mean, they would have never guessed it. In fact, when I I sought help finally, um, I had a lot of pushback of people saying, no, 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 you're, you're, you've got it all together. And um, to, to, to finally find some trusted um, friends and counsel, counselors to understand that, no, in fact, I was just really good at pretending that I had it all together. So um, when I was in that that transitional period of really finding joy and hope and freedom and understanding who I was. Um, I actually, it, as it happened in France, and if you haven't yet read my first book called The Skinny Sexy Mind, The Ultimate French Secret, that in that book, I, I go through like really the full story of like how I really do think living in France changed my life, changed the way I see myself in the mirror, changed the way I see my relationship with food, changed the way I see beauty. Um, but in addition to that breakthrough and revelation and everything I talk about, and again, if you don't know yet the story, like if so many of you know the story, but if you haven't yet, um, go back and listen to all podcast episodes on body image. I'm sure I shared my story there or just pick up the book and, and, and you're going to um, understand what I'm talking about here. But even more than all the revelation I talk about that happened around that one cafe table in France, um, I, I attribute a lot of my healing to these two amazing friends that I made while I was living there. Now, when I lived in France, I, I actually graduated from Davidson College with a major in French and a minor in Spanish. And um, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do with those languages other than I mean, go live in Europe. So I got a job um, actually working for the French government as a, a, a school teacher um, in the French school system. So I was an English teacher for elementary and middle school kids, and I did some conversational um classes with some high schoolers um so in that that I was this French teacher in this small town English teacher in this small French town there was a handful of other young English-speaking girls who came um, kind of from all over the world to do the same thing and um of the group of co-teachers I met these two girls Angie and Caroline and um Angie's from Montana Caroline was from London sort of we were like this unlikely trio to meet but y'all I cannot express how these girls freed my spirit even further with the gift of laughter like okay before that time like I'm I'm the friend that you want around if you're even remotely funny like I I'm not gifted with the gift of humor myself but my gift, I believe one of my gifts to the world is that I make funny people feel really funny. I love to laugh. I think people that are, are, are sharp and witty are hilarious. I go for the dumb jokes too. I, I like to laugh and I'm so easy to make laugh. So I make people who want to be funny and who are funny feel really good about themselves. So I've always known that. I just, I love, I love being around people that bring that out in me. 
but there was something about these two girls that brought it out even more. I mean, I want to put on the record, I think both of them could be stand-up comedians. I think they're absolutely captivating. But in order to have that type of humor, they have they had to have a really innate sense of confidence. So here we were, these three young women traveling and teaching English. And I put parentheses around teaching English, air quotes, because we really were only working about eight hours a week. And we were getting paid full time by the French government to do that. And so we had a lot of time on our hands, a lot of time to go explore, travel, you know, take the train to, to, a, 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 to Spain or, or wherever. And it was just, just this opportunity for me really to be in the passenger seat with these two women who just taught me a different way to be in my skin, like through laughter. I, I, I literally cannot I can't express how much I laughed because of these two girls laughed at the things that frustrated us laughed at the silly things that we were doing laughed at our frustrations with the French language and why we couldn't master it the way we wanted to um kid you not I, I have memories in the streets of many major European cities like Madrid and you know Paris where Angie or Caroline have made me laugh so much in public that I've I've peed myself in the middle of the street like these girls are crazy and they really brought out this this different this new level of laughter and so you know as laughter has always had always been a part of my life I would say that before that before meeting those two girls it wasn't a priority and um and I think it wasn't a priority to me because I was so busy I was too busy being serious about school about swimming or whatever pursuit of achievement that was currently at that point on my to-do list but when we were the three of us were in France we, we sort of assessed our days and our quality of our days based off of how much we had laughed. I never been around friends that challenged me in that type of level. Um, it's like a different type of intellectual and emotional challenge that it's the challenge is how much are you laughing? And, and as I was working through this freedom for eating and, and freedom with my body image, their gift of laughter and their challenge to me in, in assessing my day based on how much I'm laughing really was sort of like the final balm to go over that healing process. And so here it for me, it was at that point that I realized that laughter is the honey to happiness. Because you see, the more that we laughed, the more I found that I was happy. I mean, I was happy with myself. I was happy. We were poor as dirt, y'all. Like we had no money. Like we were not being, we were, like I said, we weren't working much, but we had so much joy. We had everything we needed because laughter is the honey to happiness. So that's to me when I go back and I think about anytime I'm in a rut or I find myself feeling like I'm taking life a little bit too seriously, I go back to my memories of those two girls. And I would encourage you to think about the people in your life that bring out that type of laughter in you, that prioritization of, in, of laughter, of, of engaging and laughing every day. Um, I, I wanted to share some quotes on laughter. Like I, in, in preparing for today's show, it was really refreshing to my soul to, to shift my mind to realize like, okay, how, how can I reprioritize this? How can I, as a mom of a, of a 12 month old, make sure that my daughter knows that laughter is something that not only we do every day, but that we value that I don't want her to have a day that goes by that she hasn't laughed and that she hasn't intentionally pursued 
laughing. So I've got some great quotes on laughter to share with you. And then we're going to talk about how you can start incorporating that into your life more by taking the four ways of taking yourself less seriously. So number, um, the first quote, let me see how many I have. I've got five for you. Um, starting with L.M. Montgomery. And I don't know if many of you know who, who that is, but it is the author of one of my very favorite childhood series, Anna Green Gables. So a lot of value there to me for anything that this is said here. Um, this is what, what said, life is worth living as long as there's a laugh in it. Life is worth living as long as there's a laugh in it. Maya Angelou said, I don't trust anyone who doesn't laugh. I mean, that's big that we can assess trust based on someone's capability to laugh. I really, really think that's quite profound, y'all. Robert Frost wrote, if we couldn't laugh, we would all go insane. And that, let, let's face it, that's, that's the truth. I got, I got a quote here from Charles Dickens who said, there's nothing in the world so irresistibly contagious as laughter and good humor. And I, I picked that quote because that's exactly what I saw and found and was magnetized to in, in, in these friendships, Caroline and Angie. In fact, when I think about my deepest friendships, my, my, my lifelong friends, all of them are, are just bring out this new level of laughter that, that I, can, I can put money on it. That if I'm around that person for more than five minutes, there will be laughter shared. That adds so much value to my life and challenges me so much as a person. Um, and, and I love I love what Dickens says is that it is irresistibly contagious. I want to be around those people. Audrey Hepburn, this is the final quote I have for you, said, I love people who make me laugh. I honestly think it's the thing I like the most to laugh. It cures a multitude of ills. It's probably the most important thing in a person. It cures a multitude of ills. So I want to ask you, as you listen to this, maybe you're listening to us and you just woke up. Maybe it's the end of the day. Maybe you're in the middle of a run, but have you laughed today? And, and if so, how many times? And if not, did you laugh yesterday? And then When's the last time you really laughed with your spouse? When's the last time you laughed as a family or with your friends? Y'all, we have to stop taking ourselves so seriously. I think sometimes we don't give ourselves permission to just laugh and be goofy. Um, I think one of the, the f- most freeing factors that comes when we really pursue the, the life that God's called us to live, the best version of ourselves, is, is to let go of all of these all these worries and cares that we put up in these kind of barriers of protection that we put up around caring what people think about us. I think a lot of us resist laughter and and try to be very hyper-focused and very hyper-serious and very hyper-driven towards whatever it is, um, really out of concern uh, and in an effort to impress people who we don't really care or like and who we don't really, we, we have no control over what they think about us anyways. So here are four ways to stop taking yourself so seriously. Number one, we've got to realize that everyone is crazy in their own way. So instead of hiding your weirdness by being too serious, instead just embrace it and let it loose. That's what Angie and Caroline did. They and they taught me to do it as well. It was like, look, I'm I'm weird. I'm I'm nerdy. I y'all, I don't know how to bake to save my life. I just learned today the difference between confection sugar and regular sugar. This is on my I made this decision to start um, 
you know, trying to be more uh, open to baking because for a large, well, two decades of my life, I was afraid of sugar. So I now have sugar in my kitchen. I'm very excited to use it. I'm excited to love on my family through little acts of, you know, love and baking. But, you know, I've made this, I now made this chocolate eclair cake, which is supposedly very easy to make. It is. But the first time I made it, I didn't, I used the wrong pudding. So it didn't set. The second time I made it, I used the wrong sugar and realized that, oh my gosh, like, what 32, almost 33 year old doesn't know the difference between sugars, y'all? I I didn't know. And and it's just quirky. It's just kind of because, look, I, I had an eating disorder. I had a mental illness. I don't know a lot about sugar. You know, I mean, I do and I don't. But like some of that weirdness, like let's just laugh it off. Like it is what it is. Um, And I think that I know when I think about the people that I love the most, they're usually the weirdest. We're all weird. We all are nerdy. We all have those things. But the ones I like, the ones, the people that I'm drawn to, the people I want to spend time with are the ones who aren't spending time or wasting any emotional energy hiding who they really are. Number two, I, I think that we have to realize that the serious being really serious or taking anything too seriously is unsocial and disconnected. Um, people don't like you because of your accomplishments, accomplishments, because of how focused you are or because of what you look like. People like you for you. Um, seriousness and too much thinking and, and thinking too much of yourself and you know how to be impressive really removes you from having the ability to connect authentically with others. And, you know, another way to think about this too is, and I have to remind myself, you guys, I'm going against my nature. I've, it's been ingrained with me, especially as an athlete, to take things very seriously. But um, as a lot of you know, I'm training for, um, I'm the, well, gosh, what, how many weeks out are we? We're about five weeks out from the Boston Marathon, which I'm running this year. I have a great training program. You guys heard her on the show. My coach, Megan Filno, has put me through the ringer with some awesome workouts. And I take my workouts seriously and I work hard. But I, I want to tell you my goal, my personal goal in Boston, I have a time goal. My, I have a specific time I'm pursuing. But more than that time goal, my mindset goal is more important to me because I want to go and not take it seriously. I've already put the work in. I want to go and live and connect and enjoy the, the experience of Boston and high-fiving with spectators and, and, and making friends with, you know, and, and, and just celebrating the joy that that is. The minute you start taking yourself too seriously, I mean, if I was super serious about this Boston thing, like, I don't think you'd even want to hear me on the podcast. I mean, it really, I know me, I know myself, I know a lot of the similar mindset that that I think a lot of us have is that when we where our focus is, there our heart is. So you start focusing on something, it's very easy to get very wrapped up into yourself, your success, your every little detail. So do what you need to do, but then don't take it seriously. Just go enjoy and roll with it. And I'll tell you from personal experience, athletically, I, I perform twice as well when I don't take it seriously as then when I do, because I can take it too seriously. So laughter helps me shake it off. Um, two, last two ways to really stop taking yourself so seriously is um, the third way is you, you got to remember, we've got to remember that we do not have control over everything in our life. And so it's, it's okay. And it's time, not only is it okay, but it is time for us to stop pretending that we do. Um, doing this is going to allow us to remove ourselves from obsessive worrying, or that what if anxiety that really comes with mindsets that that really take life or take ourselves too seriously. <laughs> We don't have control over so much. So why don't we just take care of what we do have control over and then let it go. 
not be so serious and let yourself laugh. Let yourself work through that situation. The last way is to focus on the little moments and the fullness of experiences. Let your mind wrestle to find adjectives to describe deep feelings and give yourself more pause in your life. And what I what I mean by those two things, I mean, I'm learning for me to have be intentional about laughter. I have to have more margin. I have to have more margin in my life, more white space, less I'm 15 minutes, you know, here's a 15 minute window to do 20 minutes of something. I need more white space. I need more margin and I need to slow down. When I do those things, y'all, I laugh more. When I laugh more, like honey, I attract more sweetness. I have that happiness. So I think it's really helpful to slow down sometimes in our thinking. And when you're enjoying something, struggle, wrestle over your language, wrestle with a dictionary open or with it closed and try to find a way as if you were writing a blog post, even if you don't have a blog, but write a way in your mind to describe what is it that's so beautiful about that sunset? What is it that's so wonderful when your family is sharing that picnic outside with the, with the wind blowing and the spring promise of spring coming, whatever it is, but it's hard sometimes because we don't force our minds to think like that. Sometimes we go, oh, this is nice. Well, why is it nice? Allow the adjectives of your mind to awaken some of your connectivity and intuition that you have in life. And I think by focusing on those little moments and, and, and forcing yourself to choose adjectives and try to paint the picture in your mind with more clarity, you're really awakening your life and some deeper feelings and your perspective in a way to really slow down and pause in life. And by slowing down and pausing, you're opening up the potential for more laughter. You're opening up the potential also for simplistic thinking and essentialism to realize that God's in control, not you. <laughs> Look at the grass. Look at the, 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 the flowers in the field. That Those are so amazingly beautiful and cyclical and you have nothing to do with it. And it's sometimes I think it's really good to feel small. For us to take ourselves less seriously, we've got to allow ourselves to feel, well, like children of God that are in his hand and in his protection. So the last thing I want to share with you on this concept of laughter is a distinction with just one example of, of how I, I really think that we can start, uh, well, inviting more laughter into our life by shifting laughing at ourselves versus laughing with ourselves. So as far as deepening your sense of laughter. First, we need more laughter. Secondly, after that, we need to understand this difference of, of laughing at versus laughing with. Because here's the thing, y'all. When we laugh at ourselves, we typically have a deeper heart of discontent or it's a heart of frustration. We kind of find ourselves in a way almost laughing cynically, wishing the circumstances weren't the way we were or we aren't the way they were or, or um, whatever. It's, it's laughter, but it's not I don't know. It's not true laughter. It's not a, a pure laughter, if you will. Um, whereas laughing with yourself is birthed out of a state of full acceptance and celebration of circumstances, even if those circumstances aren't your ideal ones. So right, let me give you an example to kind of clarify this point. I think sometimes these can be big lofty concepts and, you know, I don't want you to think that they're not applicable, but here's how I would apply this concept. All right. So here's the situation. Um, let's just say I show up at the gym and I, you know, it's a morning of like everything goes wrong. One of those things where like, you know, everything like, you know, 20 laundry list of things. And, um, 
And then I, I show up to the gym 30 minutes late for my time period. Um, baby food stains on my workout pants, my yoga pants. And then I, I do my workout. I feel great workout. I make it to the shower, um, which, you know, talking about not enough margin. I In the shower time, I probably would have like allowed three minutes to shower and dry off because I wanted to get that extra whatever five minutes on the treadmill so um you know then and then I I know I have three minutes to shower dress myself and then go pick up Ellie from the daycare uh, before they close right so it's a really time time crunch and only to find myself standing in the shower um drenched and without a towel or clean underwear to put on so I have to get paper towels to dry myself off and then put my sweaty clothes back on and this is a scenario that has happened to me not just once but multiple times so here's the here are my two choices and and I've actually lived both choices so um this is coming from firsthand experience choice number one is to laugh at myself. And so if I do that, I can choose to laugh at myself and shake off the, like, kind of shake off the frustration of a day of like, well, just call it a mommy fail. You know, oh, what a mommy fail. And underneath that laughter, like when I'm laughing at myself, I'm actually really deeply frustrated. I'm frustrated that there's not more time in the day. I'm frustrated that I didn't have the foresight to be on time or pack properly or have an extra change of running pants in my, my gym bag because I usually usually do. Why didn't I check that? Um, and, you know, a lot of times I'm frustrated by exhaustion over the small details that that go into being a mom on the go, you know? So so laughing at myself, I can kind of shake it off and go, whoa, what a mommy fail. But I'll tell you if I laugh at myself of some of my, like, we'll just call it like perceived ineptitude. I'm going to I'm going to be on edge the whole day. I'm going to feel kind of crappy, a little bit frustrated, um, exhausted and on the go and and really behind. Now, if I choose to laugh with myself, here's the shift. Here's the small difference and I think it's monumental though in the results. I can choose to laugh with myself, relishing in this like really ridiculousness of really well, y'all trying to dry my, myself with lumps of paper towels um, from like the bathroom sinks. Well, maybe probably 10 women in there are looking at me, not offering me an extra towel, just staring at me looking ridiculous. Um, and, uh, you know, I can look at those, this food covered baby stained workout pants, um, with pride, reminding myself that and laughing at the fact that, yeah, no matter where I go, um, the world is going to know that I love my little messy baby girl. And that even though I may try, I have a little breaks from her, uh, Ellie's with me all the time. So, you know, I can laugh at that. I can laugh at how um, little time that I have and how poorly I can manage it. If I don't have margin, like I, rather than get frustrated frustrated and laughing at myself for not having enough time in the day, I can laugh with myself and go, girl, you got to get more margin in your day. Why do you over schedule? You should have just, you know, you can cut your workout down. We can do this. Like there are a lot of shifts that I can go, come on, stop being silly. Like I'm being ridiculous thinking that I can do it all. Laughing with myself and going, all right, this is just my little wake-up call. Good for me. Um, and then I can be grateful that um, as I laugh, I think laughter incites gratitude from us. And in, in time, times when we're frustrated over lack of time, it's we need that laughter to, to surface the gratitude to realize what a blessing it is to have a life that is so full that sometimes time can be a challenge. And so I want to ask you today, in what ways are you laughing at yourself in life? And how can you shift that laughter into something more positively empowering of laughing with yourself and of maximizing the power of laughter? And I want you to write this down if you haven't already. Laughter 
is the honey to happiness. So if you want more happiness to be attracted to you, I challenge you to take laughter more seriously and with more priority and go and pursue it. Find a way to laugh today. I promise it, it won't be wasted. So let's let's close out with listener episode. And then I also have one more free. I'm excited. I forgot to tell you. I've got a great free bonus um, for you. So um, 100% free. Like you don't even have to buy anything. 100% free. So listener of the episode um, is Caitlin McMillan. Um, she's awesome. And she wrote this to me. She said, hey, Trish, I finally got the chance to sit down and pre-order your book. I also wanted to tell you how much of inspiration you are to me. I'm divorced and have a four-year-old boy who lights up my world. You give me motivation and encouragement to keep going, stay in shape, both physically and mentally, so I can be the best mommy for him. I hope you and your family are doing amazing, Caitlin. And Caitlin, I'm highlighting you because I really am so inspired by the by the fact that you're you are committed and motivated to get and stay in shape both physically and mentally. There's not a lot of people that say when they talk about, hey, I want to be in really great shape. Most people would interpret that as, I mean it physically. But girl, you know that to be in great physical shape, you've got to be in great mental shape. And to be in great mental shape, you've got to be in great physical shape. And then you had that third one, that the spiritual shape. And so I really love, um, I love that you're walking the walk. You are walking the walk. And thank you for pre-ordering the book. I think it's going to be awesome. It's a great supplement and tool for you because it is actually, it's it's how to stay in shape mentally, physically, and spiritually. It is, it's perfect. It's perfect little trifecta to really give that whole wellness, that full, um, well, health so that we can be the best mom, wife, friend, daughter, sister, husband, brother, father, you know, all the when we take care of ourselves mentally, physically, and spiritually, and like I like to say, with our mind, our movement, and our meaning, when we take care of those three M's, mind, movement, and meaning, we are on our way to becoming the best versions of ourselves. So um, love it. You guys, I love hearing from you. Please, please, please send me, share your stories with me. Tell me how Confidence in the Go has positively impacted your life and how you're living out the truths that you hear here on the show and putting them into practice in your life and what a difference that has made. Um, I would love to share it with everyone else out there because I think it's an amazing community and a way to share um, and encourage others to continue keeping on keeping on. So now, let me tell you what I promised you to go with my, with the launch of the book. What I've done is I've created a five um, day detox devotional to prepare your heart and soul to get the most out of insecurity detox once it arrives. So I'm calling it the detox devotional. It's five days. It's again, completely free. You do not have to even pre-order um, insecurity detox, but what it's going to be is um, all you need to go is to go to trishblackwell.com forward slash devotional. And then over a period of five days, you will receive five five-minute devotional and prayer-centered posts right to your inbox. And these these readings are going to inspire joy. They'll infuse you with confidence, and they're going to deepen your understanding of the truth of just how deeply God loves you. And the end of the five days, you're going to receive the, the 
the ebook version of all five devotions all in one spot so that you can kind of store that for reference to use when you whenever you want but yeah so um i'm really excited to put a lot of heart and soul and love and some cool new stories that no one's heard yet into this this detox devotional um again it get your copy of the detox devotional for free by visiting trishblackwell.com forward slash devotional And that is it, my friends, for today's episode. I'm so, so honored that you allow me to be part of your week. Um, It's a a role I take very seriously and prayerfully, and I'm just so grateful for you for allowing, well, me to spend some time with you. So um, have an amazing day. Go pursue laughter today. Be the best version of who you can be today. Do something positive for your mind, your movement, your meaning, and for someone else. Go be you, be you, be free. Thanks for listening. You can get more confidence resources at trishblackwell.com. If you love the show, let me know. Write a review on iTunes or send me an email at trish at trishblackwell.com. Take your confidence to a new level by downloading my free daily guide to confidence, The Confidence Roadmap. You can grab your free roadmap at trishblackwell.com forward slash roadmap. And you know what? I'm thankful for you. Yes, you. So thanks for being you. Now go share the best of you with the world.